0: Love, talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Before getting into politics tonight, James Comey, etc., etc., I want to give you a look, little local color. Uh, For the last 15 minutes before starting the show, I was watching television, an old movie, P.T. 109, P.T. 109, starring Cliff Robertson. Uh, P.T. 109 is the story of Jack Kennedy, President John Kennedy, uh, during World War II, when his boat was shot out from under him, etc. Well, it was the Cuban Missile Crisis. President Kennedy was here looking things over in Key West, and he was riding around with one of our leading citizens, John Spotwood. John is now, he's long gone. His children are very active in the community. However, John was either sheriff or state senator at the time. He held both offices at different times. I'm not sure what he was then. And he mentioned to Kennedy he says, I understand they're going to make a movie uh, about you and your, your, your boat got shut off from under you, et cetera, et cetera, He says, I've got the place for the movie. He says, I happen to own a little island up the road. And Kennedy went with him to look at it. 25 miles north of Key West, today sits Little Palm Key, a world-famous resort and restaurant. Outstanding. Back in those days, it had another name, and there was nothing on it. It sits about a half mile to three-quarters of a mile offshore to your right as you're driving north, just short of Big Pine Key. PT109 was filmed on that island. Interesting, isn't it? And, and I share this with you because uh, people just in Key West and the Lower Keys are not the only ones who listen to this show, Uh I know from the people uh, who listen, who comment, people are listening to this show and will through the archive portion. Uh, They're in South Africa. They're in Italy. They're in Greece. uh, They're in Thailand. And I love this. I love saying it. In Papua New Guinea. So it's a worldwide show. And uh, I want to give you a little local color. Now let's get into this presidential campaign. Uh, I'm going to bore you with the FBI situation. James Comey. And the Weiner emails. Let me say first, I am a supporter of Hillary Clinton. Uh, What I'm going to share is not affected by the fact that I support her. I am supporting the better of two people that are really in lousy shape to be president. But she is better than Trump. No way do I want Trump running my country and worrying about me and my grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera. Now, James Comey, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you recall what he did is wrong. Let me say that at the outset. How he's handled this whole thing is wrong. And I'm going to explain in detail how. Remember, I'm a retired attorney. Uh, I've had to deal with the FBI many times for clients over the years. I understand precisely how these things are handled. Otherwise, I would not have been able to properly represent my clients. Uh, Comey is wrong. Let's go back to July. I'm going to tell you who else is wrong uh, before I get into this. I am very upset with the people on television. These are People who are purportedly knowledgeable, the political pundits, uh, senators, congressmen who talk about this. And all of them don't have it down quite right. Uh, From Joe Scarborough and Martin Joe, who I I usually love, and Mika, uh, they're often left field. And a lot of the other uh, political pundits are. Here's how this thing has worked. Last July... uh, you recall that James Comey uh, appeared before a congressional committee and to explain uh, his decision. He was not going to indict Hillary Clinton. And he gave a lengthy explanation at the time why he was not indicting her. Mistake number one. In my entire 46 years practicing law, whether it's a federal prosecutor or a state prosecutor, they, they get up and they announce we are indicting these are the charges or there is insufficient evidence to bring any charges, period. No explanation. I've never heard of an explanation. Uh, so he stepped beyond the bounds of propriety because uh, it just isn't done that way anywhere in the country. The other thing is the FBI has a standard rule, a set rule, That where a political campaign is involved, they make no announcements, Ray, an indictment or no indictment within 60 days of the election. Makes sense. Let's not influence an election. And this is not just a presidential election. It's any type of election, even the village council person or town assessor, down to that level. It has to be understood also that the FBI doesn't stand out there alone as a powerful entity unto itself. Everyone answers to someone. The FBI answers to the Department of Justice. The FBI is a department of the Department of Justice. It is an agency within the Department of Justice. The responsibility of the FBI's to investigate. They are like the local policeman or sheriff. They investigate and determine whether in their opinion a crime has be, been committed. Then justice the local police officer or sheriff then goes to the state attorney or district attorney, whatever they call them in, in a particular area, and says, "We believe these are the facts upon which you should make bring a charge." Then it is up to the prosecutor to decide if there's a case. All right? Uh He's not an entity unto himself just because he's the head of the FBI. The FBI investigates, the Justice Department prosecutes. Now, uh, Comey should never have promised Congress in July that if anything came up, he would report it to them because it's none of Congress's, opinion, uh, Congress's business at that time. If during the He shouldn't have told them all he did in July, and now if something comes up along the way, he doesn't run back there or send them a letter, as he did here, and say, oh, we're going to do this now, we think we have this. It's none of the business of Congress. I don't care what the committee is at this time. Remember, we are a nation of laws. We are a nation of rules. If we don't follow them, What good is anything? That's what it's all about. The only way we have any semblance of organization is to follow established rules. And the fact he was wrong when he did it in July, and now he goes back and does it again with this letter to to the Congressional Committee, two wrongs don't make a right. And I hear people saying on television, well, he told Congress he promised that. Tough shit. Excuse the way I'm going to put it. He violated his trust, as far as I'm concerned, in doing that. He had no responsibility, no obligation, no right to report to Congress at this stage regarding uh, Weiner's emails. Understand also in that letter he sent to, to the congressional committees, he said, We don't know if there's anything here about Hillary Clinton because w- we haven't reviewed him yet, <laughs> 650,000 emails. But there might be, and we're just putting you on notice. What bullshit is this? I'm I'm being strong in my language because I'm upset as a professional. It just isn't done this way. You know, you're putting the onus of irresponsibility, illegality upon a person by making a statement like that, and then nothing happens. And it could affect a presidential election at this stage, as far as I'm concerned, okay? What he did lacked judgment. He may be a very honest man. They say he's honest. I accept that. And because a person is honest does not mean they have good judgment. And I think this man is lacking in good judgment. I also believe he has been self serving with regard to Hillary Clinton, both in July and now, because he's concerned about his image. Well, I got to tell you something. If you're a cop, and he's a cop, he's the biggest cop in the United States, or you're a prosecutor, you can't worry about your image. You worry about doing your job properly. He, it is said, and these are the reasons why they claim he did it, uh, many of his agents, the people who work for him, all right, uh, he's been under pressure uh, for failing to have brought a an indictment against Hillary in, during the summertime. Uh, it, it is said, this is all rumor, that his people beneath him thought Hillary should have been indicted, and they're very upset. Many of them are not even talking to him now. Close friends within the department are ignoring him. It is reported that the atmosphere is toxic uh, within the department uh, of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Tough that the atmosphere is toxic. Tough that his people are not talking to him. Whether he made the right judgment or wrong judgment, only he knows. Okay, back in July. And he shouldn't have followed it up with another erroneous action at this time. I don't care. His buddies aren't talking to him. He's numero uno. He makes the ultimate decision as to whether this thing should be reported upstairs or something should be done. And he failed in that obligation. It is also said that he has a pile of resignation letters on his desk from FBI agents who are upset that Hillary was not indicted. I don't know if I believe this or don't believe it. I don't know because I don't know the facts. Nobody knows what the hell is going on here. All right? That's the problem. Uh, Again, I say, you know, we're a nation of laws and rules, and we should follow them. Uh, It's it's that simple. We should follow the rules and regulations out there, uh, and that's it. So Comey made a mistake. He's going to make more because I have a feeling he's the type of guy who wants everybody to think he does everything perfectly, uh, and he doesn't want to be embarrassed. He does not want his reputation tarnished in any way, et cetera, et cetera. This guy should resign. I am reading things now in the national uh, papers where some pundits are suggesting he might have to resign. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm not even confused. The man did wrong. And he doesn't know when to stop, I feel, and he's going to keep doing wrong here. The other thing I wanted to say about elections, and this is very simple, what I'm going to share with you. It's a thought I've I've shared several times on the show and in writing in previous years. I think our presidential campaigns are too long. I'm sick of this campaign. I love politics. I'm a political junkie. I can't stand this campaign anymore. And most of you, if not all of you, cannot also. We should do like England does. We should have two months allocated for a presidential campaign, no campaigning before of any nature, whether it's TV, personal, and shaking. And the campaign should be paid for by the federal government. The government gives each candidate X number of dollars, whether it be $10 million, $20 million, $30 million, whatever it is. And that's all they got, and they've got two months, and then we vote. Why go through all this crap for over a year? This has to do with government also, what I'm going to share with you now. There's something called jury nullification out there. Uh, Very few people have heard of it. It's a term lawyers are familiar with, jury nullification. It's a situation where uh, a person is charged with a crime or people are charged with crimes, and the community where the case is tried feel the people charged are getting screwed. They should not have been charged. Even though they broke the law, they were right in breaking the law because the government was overreaching. It's very rare to have a jury come back with a nullification uh, and say, not guilty. But it happened. It happened this past week, and it happened in Oregon. You recall, uh, it was earlier this year, I believe, that in Oregon, Uh, the Bundy brothers, and several other people, they had a standoff with the United States government. They took over a government facility for seven weeks, and it was a wildlife refuge. And they had their own reasons for doing it, and they didn't want the federal government there. It got down to guns and everything else. And our government, by the way, the FBI would be involved in this because they are the investigative body of the federal government. These people were charged with... Conspiracy and firearms at a federal facility. Conspiracy and firearms at a federal facility. Now, you have to understand that when there is a trial, a criminal trial, the judge tells the jury this is the law, and if you find they did this, this, and this, you must convict. And I'm confident, I'm sure, that the judge's charge in this case was, boy, you got to convict on both charges, because the facts were clear. And yet a jury of their peers, a jury of their neighbors, brought back a verdict for all seven of not guilty after a six-week trial. Not guilty. And this is the people, the people speaking out regardless of the law. Now, I think this is great. I think nullification's great. I never had a nullification case. I never saw one or heard of one in my area. Uh, But it's great because it's a protection for the people and not uh, the government and police and everybody like that. Uh, What it also says to me, because this this particular case, uh, when they were in Oregon and they were on the wildlife refuge, Uh, It was in the papers, big-time publicity, and it was private citizens standing up to the government and saying, don't tread on me, that's all, don't tread on me, we think we are doing right. Well, this effort was successful. These efforts are becoming more commonplace in our country today. People also think our government is screwed up, I'm not going to argue with them, and This is going to happen more and more that people are going to say, I think the government's wrong and I'm going to do what I want. Look at the protesters after a a black person gets shot. Uh, People protest for anything in the streets. Violence sometimes occurs. We don't know when this violence is going to get out of hand. And then if people get arrested and they get tried, you can have nullification verdicts, which is the prelude to the people saying, I don't like my government anymore it is not fair i want to talk about veterans trump is big on veterans that's all he tells that's one of the things he tells us Uh, however he doesn't tell us what he wants to do with them so uh, let me share something with you that i i think is terrible i think it's horrible uh we're at the veterans administration hospital in chicago the VA hospital has a morgue. Okay, corpses of veterans—veterans' veterans corpus, 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 corpses, corpse corpses—I'm sorry, pronunciation's a little difficult sometimes—had been sitting in the morgue. You know, not in the compartments or bins that are refrigerated where they should be, but because there are so many, they're in rubber or plastic bags piled on one another. Uh, what has happened is, is this. Uh, The families are supposed to claim the body and bury it. Many times the families do not claim the bodies or they wait too long to claim the body, and this is what happened. They've got too many bodies and no place to put them. Now, the Veterans Administration is entitled after a certain period of time, which is, I forget what it is, 45 days or something, to pay for the burial of the veteran themselves. There is money for this. Now, let me say, in this particular situation at the VA hospital in Chicago, the money was already budgeted. The money was already sitting in the bank. It didn't have to come from Congress. It had been allocated to bury all these bodies. And why they didn't, I don't know. (laughs) And it's just like everything else the, the Veterans Administration has been doing wrong. There's been corruption long waiting lists. How many suicides are occurring, 20, 22 a day, because veterans can't get the mental help they need? Uh, the VA system's screwed up. We haven't had the proper leaders. I think we've had three leaders uh, under Obama. We need a good, hard-ass businessman to go in there and kick ass. That's what we need to straighten the VA out. But in any event, these bodies are stacked in the morgue. Uh, they had to remove one of the bodies. It had been there so long in excess of 60 days the, the when they went to lift it down the bag broke open the body had liquefied and spilled on everyone and on the floor uh terrible this same hospital by the way is the one that was reported and still is reported to have how's this cockroaches mold okay and veterans waiting months for care okay I it's these are the people who fought to protect me and protect you. Uh, we owe them something. We owe them everything. And we're not living up to our promises, and something has to be done. Uh, I would hope if Trump is elected, he does something, but I don't know what he's going to do. I worry about anything he's going to do. And I, uh, I would hope Hillary pays close attention to this issue if she is elect- elected. There is a serious medical condition that's spreading in this country, and no one talks about it. Uh, it's child paralysis. It's mysteriously increasing. Hundreds of children, okay, are unable all of a sudden to move their arms or legs. Dozens have been paralyzed in the past few months. Are you listening to me? Paralysis. I, I'm, I'm addressing this issue based on an article just. October 30th in the Los Angeles Times, a reputable newspaper. That's two days ago. The article said that since 2012, uh, parents have been showing up in hospitals with their child paralyzed in a leg or two or their arms. Some can't move. Since then, some recover, and we don't know what's causing this paralysis, okay? It is a mystery illness. It is alarming and puzzling the medical profession, okay, it's sudden, it's widespread, it's the first time we have had a paralysis issue based on a germ, a virus, or whatever causes this stuff, since polio. I mean, polio went out when, was it in the 1950s or 1960s with the Salk vaccine? Before that, a lot of my friends, people I went to school with, got polio. No more do we have polio, but there's something new out there, and they're not talking about it. This is the first news article I happen to come across on it. I went on the, and the article, I have told you everything that was in the article. There's no more. And I went on the Internet to see if I could get more information to share with you. There's absolutely nothing on the Internet about this. So pay attention and follow this thing. It could be, you know, we worry about Zika, we're worrying about this. This is another problem we've got to worry about. I want to talk about President Obama. I think President Obama has done a good job the first six years. The last two years, <laughs> he hasn't done that good of a, a job, hasn't been too admirable. But overall, I give him good marks. The man works hard. Every president we've had works hard. You notice how their hair turns white over the period of the, that they're president from the, the difficulty of the job? Well, they they take a okay, soup. They take vacations occasionally. In February 2013, February 2013, and this was reported in the Washington Post, another reputable newspaper, on October 27th. Obama went on a four day golf vacation. Four day golf vacation. Do you know what that four day, he didn't even take his family, he didn't take his wife. Do you know what that four day golf vacation cost taxpayers? Three. 3.6 Point six million dollars i'm laughing as i say this my my golfing buddies and i could have a hell of a time on 3.6 million dollars for four days but it cost the taxpayers 3.6 million uh he, he he did play a round of golf with tiger woods he did get a lesson from woods former coach bush harman big stuff uh the article indicated that much of the cost The heaviest piece of the cost is not our president staying up late at the bar or running around the fancy restaurants and nightclubs and all that sort of thing. It's the Air Force One. The operation of Air Force One costs $200,000 an hour. Wild, isn't it? $200,000 an hour. And then when he goes, there are other aircraft that have to go along to take, you know, the vehicle he's going to be traveling in that's bulletproof. Uh, supporting aircraft uh, are flown around Air Force One so no one shoots them out of the air. Uh, then they've got they had I don't know why but they had Coast Guard small boats the the expense of those and there were employees with them from Homeland Security and the Pentagon. 3.6 million dollars. I'm not being critical but it's just amazing uh, the money it costs to protect our president and he should be protected. Uh, Um, Maduro, 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 Venezuela, the people are going to revolt. I've been saying this for three years. He ran out of toilet paper. I said it three years ago. They have no food today. The kids eat every second or third day. Their bellies are swollen. There's no money for anything. They they ate their pets. Then they ate the animals in the zoo. This isn't funny, and I I chuckle as I say it, because nothing seems to get done. You have to understand that in Venezuela. Maduro is a puppet. The generals support him. The Supreme Court supports him. The National Assembly, the legislative body, is the opposition. They want to have a new election, a referendum, a plebiscite. They want to impeach Maduro. And every time they try to do something, no one pays any attention to the National Assembly because they have no power. And the Supreme Court, Maduro's friend, said, you can't do this. Uh, Well, somehow he got the Vatican involved in this, the Catholic Church, the Pope. He was coming back last week from a meeting in the Middle East on oil, because Venezuela has a lot of oil. He stopped in Rome to see Pope Francis. Uh, They had a meeting, and Pope Francis said, let me intervene and see if I can help. The Vatican will mediate talks As soon as we can. Those talks took place in less than a week. They took place this past Sunday. Maduro met with the opposition. The Vatican was there to lead the talks. This was in Caracas. Let me tell you what he did. He came in late to the meeting. It was nighttime. He went over and shook hands with the opposing people for the television cameras. And then he turned around and walked out. And he looked the Vatican representative in the opposition standing there with a few of his people to talk on his behalf. This man has no respect. This is just bullshit. I'm, I, I'm upset the Vatican gets involved. I don't think the church should be involved in these things. I'm a fallen-away Catholic. But I, the church is there to counsel me personally about my soul and to take care of me in my time of grief. It's not there to get involved in national policy decisions and things of that nature. Some, and we're involved in, in this country, the Council of Bishops in the United States out of Denver. They're involved in everything, like the evangelists. And someday the Catholic Church, they're not going to be doing what they think people support, and then the people are going to get upset, and the Catholic Church is going to be in trouble. And I believe they could lead. The church bombings and everything else. I'm sorry. I believe this. I believe this so deeply you have no idea. And they talk about this in the Bible, too. It, it, it's, I, I've been Catholic grammar school, high school, and college. I've been through it all. And this just bothers me, and I think it's wrong, that they, the church is involved, and that's the purpose of that message. Uh, quickly, immigration in Germany, 2.1. Uh, Muslims came in, immigrants came into Germany in 2015. One million left to go on to Sweden, but it left 1.1 million remaining in Germany. Well, it isn't just the immigrants coming in. Germans are leaving Germany because they don't want to live with the Muslims. They don't like the crime rates. They don't like the rapes. They don't like the sexual assaults on their women. And German citizens are now leaving in droves. Not a million, but a couple of hundred thousand in 2015. They're not going to stay there. And You know, what's funny is normally the resident, the, the Germans, for example, would say to the Muslims, if you don't like my country, get out. Not that way anymore in Germany. The Muslims are saying to the Germans, if you don't like the way things are, you get out. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. I blame Merkel for this. Angela Merkel, she has screwed Germany up tremendously. First done money, she squeezed Greece, Italy, Spain. They loaned all that money because she thought Germany was going to make a killing. They financed oil tankers, all these brand-new oil tankers several years ago, uh, and all of a sudden – there's a, we don't have enough we've got too much oil in this country and elsewhere. The price of oil went down. All these oil tankers that were financed are now sitting in a graveyard owned by Germany. They had to take them back, and the notes are unpaid. The economy is coming down in Germany. I've been saying this. Mark my words. This is the show for tonight. A little bit different. I hope you enjoyed it. I I enjoy sharing my my thoughts with you. As you know, the show is archived on Black Talk uh, Radio on YouTube, and it's linked to my Key West Lou website. I do a morning blog, uh, keywestlou.com, where I talk about everything, mostly Key West stuff and a little politics thrown in. You might want to listen to it. You may like it. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week.